Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that the Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In today's Gospel passage, we come to know more about the heart of God and His desire to restore those who are lost back into His presence. And we learn a lot about God in these, these two parables. And this section of the Gospel tells us first and foremost that there were tax collectors and sinners were coming near to Jesus. And this is where uh, the religious police get angry and get mad and say, well, look at this guy. He's welcoming sinners and eats with them. And this is an important image for us to understand because here we have Jesus coming to be with those in need. And that's where Jesus desires to be. To the lost, the broken, the hurting, to come among us. And this is an important first step of our understanding about the heart of God and who God is because many people have this vision of God as the one who you have to stay far away from until you get your life perfect and then you go and present your perfect life to God who's then happy with you because you're now perfect. Well, if you're waiting for that, then none of us ever goes because we never get to the perfect point. But God's desire, the heart of Jesus, is to be with those who are hurting. He doesn't say, oh, well, you guys are kind of messed up. Get your life together and then you can come and have dinner with me. Then I will come and be in your presence. And that's an important first step for us to understand. Secondly, it's important for us to understand that God desires to be close. The image of Jesus is right there at the table with those in need. Because that's another misconception that people have about God is that God's sort of just way out there somewhere and we dare not or cannot get close. And in fact, the image of Jesus is exactly the opposite. There he is, right in the midst of people. And that's where God truly is and desires to be. And I think we, we go about our life, we go about prayer, we go about a whole bunch of things differently if we think that God is right here among us. If we think God is so far away that there's no chance of getting close, then I'd have to ask, well, what's the point of any of this if God's just going to stay way up there, away from us? But God's desire is to be right among us. That's Jesus' incarnation, is God to be with his people. And clearly the religious police don't like that, and they think that um, Jesus should only hang out with the perfect people, which they think is them. Uh, and so why is he not just hanging out with them and getting rid of, of all these people whose lives are clearly a mess? But that's where God desires to be. And then Jesus tells these two parables about the things that are lost. 
First the sheep, and then the woman who is searching for the lost coin. And both of these are images of God and God's desire to look for the one who is lost. Now when we hear the parable, we think it's probably crazy. No good business person would risk 99% of their business to go after the 1%. It'd get written off as acceptable loss. And even the one lost coin, every one of us has probably misplaced money at one point. And then how much we search is dependent upon whether it's an acceptable loss. And we say, oh, well, it's not that much. If I lost $1,000, maybe I'd tear the house apart. If I lost $5, what do I say? Eh. I looked for two seconds, I can't find it. That's it. But what we see is the value of God in God's eyes of the one, of the individual. God doesn't just say, well, you know, two-thirds of the people have come to know Jesus. That's sufficient. We'll live with the loss of the rest. That's not God's heart. That may be our business model, but that's not how God operates. God values each and every single individual created in the image of God and goes to great lengths to try to find and restore the one who is lost. And that's important as well because what does the sheep do or what does the coin do to get themselves found? The answer is they don't do anything. The sheep's probably still wandering in the wrong direction. It's the shepherd who goes and picks them up and carries them back and rejoices that the lost has been found. The coin just lays there until it is found. And this is an important image because we need to understand that our salvation, our restoration, our new life begins by God's initiation of coming after us. Much of the Christian journey can sound to people like we just do all of the work and present the gift to God all tied up in a bow with all the things that we accomplished. Well, nothing happens until God starts the process. God is the initiator of it all. He is the one who comes looking for us before we even figure out we're lost. And maybe we don't figure it out until the last moment when he scoops us up to bring us back. And then we start to see. And these may seem like little details, but I think it fundamentally changes the whole Christian journey. That if, if the message of following Jesus that people hear is, well, you just go and work really hard. Here are the things you need to do. Do all the things. Get them checked off. And when you get 100 on the test, come back. And then Jesus will receive you. Well, then it's almost like, well, we don't need God for anything. It's right back to, we're our Savior. And we just try harder. But what God does is come after us before we even know we're lost. I'm sure the sheep didn't know it was lost. It just keeps eating the grass in the wrong direction. It's not like he's wandering, uh, saying, oh no, I'm in this wrong pasture over here. How did I get lost from all the others? But the shepherd comes. The coin doesn't know it's lost. It's just there in the couch cushion. Until one day it gets, it gets found. And so it is with each of us. And I think this should 
should take some of the pressure of performance off of us. That God's scorecard is not what we think. And that God is the one who does the moving towards us first. He's the one who picks us up. And He rejoices when one person who was lost is found. Because that's how much He values each and every single person created in the image of God. That He would go to great lengths to bring them back and then throw a big party. He doesn't say to the sheep, Oh, you idiot. The rest of the sheep told you not to go that way. We warned you. There was a fence. Why did you do that? All of these things, the chastisement that we think is rightly going to come our way when we come back to God. And instead, we're just scooped up, brought back into God's presence, and then God throws a big party that the one who is lost has been found. That gives a different image of God, I would hope. Because this image of people of an angry God waiting to destroy them, I don't know how that lines up with this. With a God who's searching and then throws a party because they were found. But people stay so far from God because they're scared. Well, I've done this and I've done that and you don't know what I've done in, in my life. Well, there's nothing anybody can do that hasn't been done in history before. There are no new problems we can get ourselves in. And God's still in the business of searching for us, scooping us up, bringing us back, and then throws a party that we've been restored. And we give thanks to God then today for who God is, that Jesus desires to be among us, that He comes after us, that we have value, and that when we are restored, God gives thanks for us being back in His presence. That's how much God desires to be with us. And so we give thanks to God today for who God is, for His diligence in searching after us, and thanking Him uh, for His continual love and His mercy and His grace. Let us pray. Father, we give You thanks and praise for this day. We thank You for the work of Jesus in our lives. We thank You that You desire to be in and among us, that You search after us, even before we know that we're headed in the wrong direction. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we might come to know more deeply Your love for each of us. May we then share with others the joy of being restored in Your presence that we have experienced ourselves. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.